What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and this week we're talking all about self-care and self-love as an entrepreneur. But this episode is like kind of meta because we're talking with a wellpreneur. We're talking with Shannon Kaiser, who actually runs the business Play With The World. And Shannon is a wellpreneur herself. But so in this episode, we're talking not only about self-love and self-care as an entrepreneur, but we're talking to Shannon about how she's built her own business around self-love and self-care. And we're talking about how she applies that in her own life. So we've got like all these levels of self-love going on in this episode. I love it. This is also one of those interviews that's really about the entrepreneurial journey. So if you love those stories about, you know, how do people decide actually what they want to do, the work they were meant to do? How do wellpreneurs decide when it's time to make that transition from the day job into working for their own business? How do they actually grow a platform and begin to build a sustainable business? We're talking about all that in this week's episode. Now, as always, remember, we've got show notes for every single episode over on the blog. That's at wellpreneuronline.com. And if you're not already on my email list, every Wednesday, I send out a Wellpreneur Wednesday email. And what this is, is it's like a curated roundup of everything you need to know in wellness this week. So we're talking about the best conversations that happened in our Wellpreneur community group. I'm going to highlight that week's podcast, and I'm going to share some curated links to articles around the web that I think are really worth your time to read this week. There are over 4,000 Wellpreneurs who get that email every single Wednesday, and I'd love if you would come join us. So you can just hop over to wellpreneuronline.com and just sign up right on the website. Any of the sign-up boxes is totally fine, and I will be in your inbox the next Wednesday. Okay, let's jump into this conversation with Shannon Kaiser of Play With The World, all about self-love and self-care as an entrepreneur. Hi, Shannon. Welcome to the Wellpreneur Podcast. Hi, it's so great to be here. So for everyone that's not familiar with your business, how do you describe what you do? Like what's your, I don't want to say elevator pitch, but like, how do you tell people that you make what you do? Well, I empower people to believe and trust in themselves so they can live their ideal life. And ultimately, I came about this work not... I'm a life coach. I do. I write personal development books. And I basically do what brings me the most joy. And in turn, that helps inspire others, which is inspiring others to live their joy-filled life. And I wasn't always doing this, though. I wasn't advertising. I was climbing the corporate ladder and I got very depressed. And I realized this is not working for me. I have to do something with my life that I'm proud of. So I left advertising several years ago, almost a decade ago now. And I didn't know what I wanted to do at first. I had the inkling of starting to write. So I started to write in a journal. And one of the very first stories I ever wrote got published in Chicken Soup for the Soul. And that was a turning point for me because I was like, I am so jazzed up 
when I can share my message through the written word. And so it really turned into what is my website now called Play With The World, which is a wonderland and an inspirational base for people to come and find joy and happiness in their life. So I'm curious. So Chicken Soup for the Soul is that really well-known series of books, right? And how did you get something that you wrote into that? Did you specifically have to send it to them? Or I'm sure people will be super curious. It was actually a travel blog that I wrote about trip leaving corporate. And I was just inspired to write about my experience in Paris and Chicken Soup. I was on the newsletter for Chicken Soup for the Soul because they were books that helped me pull through my own depression. And so being on the newsletter, I saw in the bottom of their message, they said, call for story ideas. Upcoming book we have is called Positive Thinking. And we're looking for stories on how positive thinking helped you in your life overcome a major setback or, you know, something that was holding you back. And so I submitted my story. It was the first blog I ever wrote, just not even thinking about it, not attached to the outcome. About six months later, they responded and I received the letter in the mail that said, congratulations, your story has been selected out of thousands of entries to run in the book. So really, I think if anybody's interested in publishing their stories and getting out there, it's really about going to the website of the company that you're interested in and submitting your story or reaching out and saying if they're looking for authors or contributors. And I love that you did that right away before you were established in business. Because I think a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I have to wait to pitch myself for different opportunities. And you totally don't. (laughs) You know, it's so true because my background was in graphic design. I was in advertising. I had a master's in graphic design. I had no writing experience really at all. But all I knew is that that made my heart happy. And I mean, growing up, I was a bad speller. I had to take tutoring to learn how to like put grammar and sentences together. And so it was a learning disability I grew up with. So all of these limiting beliefs could have stopped me. And they didn't though. I looked them straight in the eye and I said, no, I have within me this desire to share this message. And that is what pulled me forward. So you said you were working in advertising and it just wasn't feeling like the right fit for you. At what point did you actually make the leap to start your own business? You know, when I was in advertising, it's what I thought I wanted. And everything in my life up until that point was creating that as my future. I was going to live happily ever after running my own ad agency. And so while I was in the industry, I started to feel more and more disconnected with myself. I was working with celebrities, flying all around the world on really glamorous accounts. I was working at one of the largest ad agencies in the world. So on the outside, it looked like I had it all. And that was what was deceiving because that pressure and guilt of how dare I be unhappy you know, I have money, I have what looks like a great job, what's really going on. And so for me, it actually was a journey of going inward and asking myself, what do I really want? And I didn't know what I knew is what I was living was not what I wanted. And so I had to let go of what wasn't working. So I moved away from advertising. I left the industry and I do what I suggest to every single person who's starting their business is I built a bridge, a bridge job really. And I started to freelance. Instead of working in the corporate, I could make money as a graphic designer on the side, You know, wear slippers and be at home with my dog. I didn't quite know exactly what I wanted, but I knew I needed to bring in money until I got clear about what I wanted. And within six months, I got very much clear that I want to be a writer. I want to be a life coach. I want to help other people through their pain. And I only could learn that by taking one step at a time, because really we learn the way on the way. So when I left advertising, I didn't know I wanted to run my own business. I just knew that I needed to not have a boss. (laughs) And it turned into, of course, me running a business that I'm proud of and in love with and reaching Mm -hmm. people. I love that. We learn the way on the way. So what are some of the tools that you found helpful 
to try to figure out what the way forward was. This is a common like frustration that I hear that people know they don't want something. So you knew you didn't want advertising and you don't know what the other thing is yet that you want. And that can feel really uncomfortable. So what are some of the tools that you use to work through that? A big part of my journey and my healing journey was actually understanding how my mind was really creating my reality. If I was focusing on what I didn't want, I don't want to be stuck in a career I don't like. I don't want to not have money. Then that became my situation. And I had to really look at first, and that's why I think Chicken Soup for the Soul picked up my story, thinking positive. I had to look at how I was talking about my life, myself, and where I was going. So I shifted my attention to focus on what I wanted. And even if I wasn't crystal clear about it, I knew I wanted to be happy. I knew I wanted to make a difference. And I knew I wanted to be of service to as many people as possible. And it made me the most happy when I was writing and traveling. And so I would ask anybody, like, when do you feel most alive? So for me, it was a lot of self-inquiry and also mantras, positive affirmations that you repeat to yourself. So a big belief that I had leaving advertising was you can't make money doing what you love. Writers starve to death, right? Coaches, what is a coach anyways, right? And so for me, it became a a journey of saying, absolutely not. That's a limiting belief and it's limiting me. Instead, I'm going to flip it on its head and say, I make a fabulous living doing what I love. And that became my mantra that I repeated all the time. And I reconditioned and retrained my brain. And today, of course, I make a fabulous living doing what I love. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I hear that's another limiting belief that comes up a lot in this community, just in general, is that if it's fun, if it's easy, if we love doing it, it can't possibly make any money because that would be too easy, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think it's the that mindset, right? That that's what can limit us. And really what we have to ask ourselves is, is this really my belief? Because when I asked myself that, I realized it was my parents' belief, society's belief. I knew in my heart of hearts that the best barometer for success is joy. And the more joyful I am and the more joy I allow in my life, the more successful I'll be. And truly, like I don't really feel like I work a day in my life as I write and coach because I'm so fulfilled by the work. That's why we start our businesses, right? We want to be and have that freedom. No, totally. So I know our businesses always evolve over time, especially when they're built around us as a personal brand, right? They kind of evolve with us as we grow. You were doing graphic design freelance as kind of your bridge job. What was your first idea when you started it? You know what? This is such a beautiful question because even today, I'm at such a turning point in my career and, and where I'm going forward for the future. So reflecting back to like 2012, when I very first left corporate in 2010, I started to get clear and it was all about being happy. Find your happy and find your happy because I was clinically at the doctor diagnosed me with depression. Before I came to this work, I was suffering from eating disorders. I was addicted to drugs. It was a dark time and I didn't know what happiness was. And so through the tools that I started to share and practice and live, I realized that this is how we can move forward. And so I wrote a book called Find Your Happy, a guide to living life to the fullest. And I self-published that book with the goal of knowing that I wanted to eventually become with work with traditional publishers. But again, we have to take one step at a time. And I wasn't a known author. You have to kind of prove yourself to the industry. So I did the steps necessary. And that book was really for my coaching clients because I opened up a coaching practice on the side to work with people. What happened, which was really beautiful, is people read that book and emailed me and said, I want to work with you. And I didn't know at the time about coaching until I hired my own coach, which really transcended my business as well. And I think that's another thing. Sometimes we feel like we don't have money. We can't invest in a coach. But I, at every stage of my business, have worked with a business coach, someone who's been there, a mentor, And it's been life-changing for me. 
How did you find your very first client? I believe in the law of attraction and the very first client came to me and it was someone who read my book, Find Your Happy. And people would read my book and they kept saying, I want to work with you. And I resisted at first because I wasn't too open. I want, I'm like, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. That's my mission. I want people to be empowered by my written word. But I realized that life coaching is so beautiful because in wellness coaching, because I get to work with individuals one-on-one and that opened up possibilities. So once I surrendered to what the universe was bringing to me, I was like, I'm ready. And so for that experience, someone read my book, she loved it and she wanted to go deeper with me. And it was so beautiful because after I got her, she told me, told her friends and it kind of, you know, it it progresses forward. And um, I turned into a beautiful today. Again, the coaching practices shifted as well because for the first few years I was doing life coaching. I still do a little bit of it. But today, now I actually do entrepreneur coaching and most of my clients are wellness bloggers or people who are getting ready to launch their first podcast or book or also I do writing mentorships. So as I've evolved and now I have four best-selling books out in the world, like I can now coach you know, young aspiring authors. So mm-hmm. as you said, we're always growing with our business. I'd love to talk about these transition points because looking back, they all make sense. And you can say, well, this is who I am now and this is what I'm doing. But as you're trying to go forward, I'd be so curious to hear your experience. I know for me, you hit a point in your business and it doesn't fit anymore. Like it just feels like you've kind of outgrown it and you don't know where to go next necessarily. So how has that worked for you? And I think what we can do is look at it as in like a waiting room. It's almost like we get to a place and we have to constantly be evolving and every next level of our life will demand a next level of us. So as we start to practice, like my message is not about happiness at all anymore. It's about fulfillment and it's about self-love because I got to a place which was very pivotal for me when I was promoting Find Your Happy and I couldn't even look in the mirror and say something nice about myself. I hated who I was, but I knew how to be happy because my life was better. I was no longer depressed. I wasn't addicted to drugs. I was like in a better mental state, but then it turned into a self-love expression. And so the pivotal moments in our life that happen they happen not to us, but they happen for us. And so I think as business owners, we can really grow with the changes and allow ourselves to be compassionate with ourselves. So for the next few years, my mission and my goal really became about learning how to love myself, what turned into the self-love experiment, my last book that just came out in August, because we have to be able to show up for ourselves in order to truly thrive. And that was the missing piece in my business. I was doing good. I was successful. I was getting lots of media and press. But there was something missing. And we have to just keep asking ourselves, what is it that's missing? And be completely open and willing to seek out guidance and help. And so people listening to the podcast and people showing up, like everyone around us can be our teacher, your best friend who says something or you get led to a blog or everything's connected, you know? One thing that's been really freeing for me is not having to have it all figured out. Like maybe you don't need to know your path 10 steps in advance. You can just do what you said, right? See what's showing up. Yeah. I think trying to figure out 10 steps in advance often causes more anxiety because all we need to know really sometimes is just what are we going to work on this week? We may have plans for a business owner. I'm at a place now where I focus quarterly. I have yearly goals for my business as far as like big projects that I'm working on or launching, but also monthly goals, but then weekly goals. And then being open to letting that change and morph into what it needs to be. So for example, my message was about happiness and how to be happy. And then it turned into how to love yourself because you can't be happy unless you love yourself. And then it turned into how to actually be fulfilled and show up in your life. 
And then just recently, my bestest friend in the whole entire world, Tucker, my dog, my golden retriever, who's in many of my writings and he saved my life, he just passed away. And so now all of a sudden, everything's shifting into really grief, right? How do we work through grief? And also I'm working on a book, writing a dog book. I never thought that would happen. Mm. So I think we allow ourselves to grow where we need to really heal ourselves as well Mm. in our business. The more we show up for ourselves, the more we can be there for our clients, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, just sharing what you're going through on your journey too is just something as simple as that is so educational for other people and helps them grow and gives them the courage to know it's okay to feel that way. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think so. And I think I often say this in the business and in my principles as well, the more me I show, the more my business will grow, right? Mm -hmm. So for anyone, like the more we show of ourselves, and it doesn't mean like throw your heart out there with an abandon. It means like be you in a world that's trying to tell you you need to be different or you got to do what that coach is doing over there or that author, this blogger. No, you have your own gifts. And so really the more you can honor your own tendencies within your heart, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. I know in your business, obviously writing and books is a huge part of what you do. And you also do coaching. I'm curious because we talk a lot about online marketing and online communities here. Do you do things in person too, or is your business fully online? I do both actually. I have a lot of online workshops that I do. I do online monthly coaching and I also have retreats in person. I do anywhere from two to six live events every year different destinations all around the world. My self-love retreat is in Canada next month. So it's exciting to be able to balance both because I love travel and adventure and meeting people. I just got back from book tour and it's so fulfilling for me to meet people in person. But I have many friends and many people in our space who are 100% online, right? And so I think we have to honor what's best for us. I think that's a nice blend. I Actually, that's quite a popular blend that I hear people wanting is like, I mainly want to work online, but I want to do retreats a few times a year. And so mm-hmm. I think that's like the best, the best of both worlds for many people. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. And then of course, working one-on-one with people or group coaching settings. And then I do speaking as well. So I get to keynote speaker at many conferences and wellness, different retreats all around the world as well, which is very fulfilling as well. And for the first few years, I spoke for free, but now I get paid a really beautiful salary for being a speaker for different corporations. I just spoke at Google a couple of weeks ago and I spoke at Nike's for their women's development. So I think making these goals for yourself, be unapologetic about what you really want for your life. When I first started to get clear about what my life could be, I asked myself, what fills me up? When do I feel alive and helpful? I think we have to be checking in with ourselves regularly and allow ourselves to grow. So we're recording this in October, 2017. What do you feel like is really working for you now with online marketing or connecting with people online? I think it's about really being authentic to myself and what's going on with me. Because the more honest I am with myself, the more I can relate to my audience and attract the people who are ready for the message that I'm sharing. Does that make sense? So for Mm -hmm. example, my message has been a lot about self-love, but at the core of everything I do, it comes back to empowering people to believe and trust in themselves. So when it comes to online marketing, I'm going to go back to the owner of the business. What are you doing to be true to yourself? Because we can learn all the tools and we can learn all the gadgets and we can start understanding the hacks to grow our social media and our numbers. But if we're not being true to ourselves and practicing what we're preaching, then none of that will matter. Yeah. It's funny, just with a text update, for example, on Facebook, 
people can still tell if you're not into it, if it doesn't feel right, if it feels fake. It's so, there's like an energetic thing going on with the, these posts that we put out there. Right? It's crazy. It's so true. And it, it really does come back to like, I don't ever feel like I'm marketing because I only put out stuff that I'm really excited to share. I know some of us, we get like, ah, I feel like I'm sharing this so much. Don't share. Like trust that the people are getting the message when they need it. And I just filled my full, my retreat next month by only sharing when I felt excited to share it and like, oh, I can't wait. Today's right now. I didn't have a schedule or like, oh, I have to post on this day. I just did it when it felt right in my heart. I lead a very heart-based business. And I think the more we can do that, the more fulfilled we'll be. Could you talk about that? Because I hadn't planned to go in this direction, but there are a lot of people in our community running retreats and wanting to run retreats. And I think there is a big fear that they won't fill them or they're not sure how to fill them. So could you just give like a couple suggestions of what's really worked for you? For the first few years, I tried to do retreats. Uh, I had maybe one person sign up and I'm like, do I still do the retreat? What do I do? Right. And so I realized we first have to look at what our limiting beliefs are. I felt like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't more well-established to run a retreat. So get clear about where your fear is, number one. Number two, I think when we're looking at, I have to fill this or I need this amount of money to make this Anytime we're focusing on the numbers, that's from our ego and our head and we're quantifying it. In my business, a huge shift, even with selling books, right? I need to sell this amount of books because then the publisher will be happy or whatever it is. This amount of clients, you know, we are leading from an ego place and a fear-based, which is I don't have enough, I need more. So I practice in my own, and this was a turning point when my retreats started to literally just sell themselves. I started to drop into my heart And I started to feel the essence of what it's like to get the results of what I will be offering. So I know for myself, what retreat, people are going to come out feeling so loved, cared, and truly appreciated. And so in your marketing copy, you start to talk to that instead of you will learn how to remove limiting beliefs. Instead, it's you will experience joy on new levels. So the way you're talking about it is is more about what they get versus what they have to do. So that's another key. And then I think the final part is to really just be in the space of knowing that everything always happens the way it's supposed to. Because I was not ready to fill retreats four years ago. I wasn't. I thought I was and I wanted it. My mindset, I needed it. But you grow within your business and the message and who comes is very important. Meaning whoever comes to your events is there for the reason because you're the teacher to teach them. So I want to talk a little bit about self-care too and self-love. I would say probably this audience that's listening is pretty clued into self-care, I would hope, because a lot of us get it as part of our wellness training and, or at least intellectually, we understand that it's important. But if we practice it, I don't know, that's a different story. But I'm just wondering, like, how can entrepreneurs use more self-care and self-love to improve their businesses and lives? Like, what's some of the advice that you give to your clients? Yeah, such a beautiful question because again, I got to a place where I was a wellness warrior. You know, I'm a write for a lot of wellness magazines and work with wellness coaches all around. I was counting my calories. I was a triathlete and it looked like I was on the top of the game. And I had to ask myself, why am I doing this? Because when I really got honest, I was totally burnt out on yoga. I was sick of kale. I was overextending myself. Clients would call at 11 at night and I'd take a session. I didn't have any boundaries. I wasn't really honoring myself. 
And I think self-care and self-love, really, self-love seems a little sometimes selfish. Sometimes it's hard to get there. So just replace the word with self-care. Am I caring for myself today? But it's more than what you eat. It's more than what you do. It is almost 100% about how you talk to yourself. How are you showing up for yourself in your dreams? How are you inviting more love into your life, into your family, into your clients? So I really believe that it comes back to a daily practice for everyone. And so for anyone's listening, if you're feeling out of alignment, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you do not have the money you want, the clients you want, it all comes back to a lack of self-love, whether we realize it or not. Because when we practice self-love, and that's what my new book, The Self-Love Experiment, it has 15 principles for being compassionate and kind to yourself. When we practice this daily, you're so filled up with joy and acceptance for yourself that that bleeds out and you're able to show up for others in profound ways. Okay. So I'm going to take a bit of a leap here. One of the things I love to ask is about rituals or routines that you have in your own life. And I'm guessing that's going to tie into a self-love practice, your self-care practice. So would you mind sharing one of the practices that you have? Yes, absolutely. And I think our practices are so key for really balance and just moving forward in our business and life. For me, I have a gratitude practice that is so balancing. Every morning I run through, before I even put my feet on the ground, I take a deep breath in and I just thank the universe. Thank, you know, so thankful for everything I get to do, right? I get to go help people. I get to do what I love. And running through the list of gratitude. When you go out, smile at people. Like You can make a difference moment by moment by practicing what you preach. And so I think it, it's a morning ritual for me. And it carries out throughout the whole day. Okay. So just one little thing you said, you said, I'm so thankful for all the stuff I get to do. And one thing is so simple, but has really been enlightening for me is if you ever get caught in that place of like, oh, here's my list of all the stuff I have to do today. If you just simply say, oh, no, wait, this is the list of all the stuff I get to do today. Right. It totally shifts your perception of what it is. And it makes it, you're so much more empowered. It's like, oh, I have a choice. And look, I get, I'm alive and I get to do all this stuff. That's exactly it. And it's just a small tweak, right? A small Mm -hmm. perspective shift, but it makes such a profound difference. And I do the same thing right before I go to bed. I run through, instead of, you know, before I came to this work, I would run through the list of all the things that weren't going well. I would be in fear about when would my next client come? Am I going to sell the book? And that's not a place you want to go to bed because that carries through, right? And then the next morning, you're in this energy of feeling like not quite good enough. It is a morning practice and an evening practice of being thankful. And that transcends everything. So Shannon, if you could go back and give yourself some advice way back when you were just leaving your corporate job and trying to figure out what you, you would do with yourself, what advice would you give yourself? Again, I would say you learn the way on the way. And I would also tell myself that everything is always in right order because for so long I would stress about being needing to be there, needing to be at the next level. And then as soon as I got to that next level, I'd zoom over it. I wouldn't appreciate it. And so I think it is about, you know, really allowing ourselves to be where we are and saying, guess what? I'm doing a pretty good job. I am showing up. So celebrate ourselves a lot more. I love it. Awesome. Any parting words or advice or anything else you really want everyone listening to know about your work? Yeah. I think everyone listening, just keep going. Let that passion in your heart lead you forward because the world needs you and your mission and your message. And I'm so glad I got to be here with you today. If you guys want to go deeper, you can definitely go to my website, playwiththeworld.com. And of course, my new book, The Self-Love Experiment is out. 
Cool. Awesome. We'll link, we'll have that, all that linked up in the show notes. And also we've got our online Wellpreneur community on Facebook where there's like 2,900, it should be almost 3,000 by the time this airs, um, Wellpreneurs out there who listen to the show. So if you want to pop in there on the week that your episode runs, we'd love to have you. And you bet. I will. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes, which are over at wellpreneuronline.com. You're also welcome to come join us in our Facebook group that has over 3,000 Wellpreneurs in it. It's called the Wellpreneur Community Group, and we'd love to see you in there. So I'll just leave you with the thought of how can you bring a little bit more gentleness and ease and self-love into your business this week? I really don't believe in hustling all the time. Like that's just not the way that I want to live. And so I think we can bring in a little more joy and playfulness and really have fun as we're on this journey of growing our businesses. It'll be better for us and honestly, better for the world. Certainly better for everyone that has to deal with us, right? So yeah, bring a little more self-love into your life this week, guys. Okay, have a fantastic week and I will see you back here next week with the next episode. Bye.